millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Robin Quivers, thanks for being here. Wow, you've been with Howard Stern for what, maybe 30 years now? I'm not done yet. I'm glad to hear that. I'm a big fan. Now, you can relate to this. I've gotten a few comments where people don't realize these these interviews at the beginning are jokes. They're hoaxes. That's the greatest news I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's the greatest news. I guess it means I've been doing good editing and they've been believable, but they've been pretty off the wall and outlandish. I can't believe people are believing that it's real. You're going to have the best of everything. Oh, thanks. I hope so. I mean, I love doing this podcast. Let me get your advice. What do you think this podcast can use? Chewing gum and chapstick. What the hell am I going to do with those? What do you need? I need love, Robin. I heard you recently found God. He's the reason I'm alive. That sounds like how I feel about chocolate. It had never had to be expressed like that. You don't have to declare your love like I do to chocolate? We know we love each other, you know, and there's just, you know... I love chocolate, but I don't know if it loves me back. What's that? What have you got here? I gotta get this podcast started, Robin. This episode's gotta begin. Thanks for being here. You couldn't be more loved. And more supportive. Thanks so much. That's really nice. Is there anything else you'd like to say? Chewing gum and chapstick. There we go. G, 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 take me away. G, 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 take me today. Yeah! Episode 7. Doing it. Alright, today's guest is mental health counselor Melissa King. If you like psychology and if you like to think about relationships and why you would want to be in one and why you'd want to be out of one and why you might not need one and getting your needs met in one, then this episode's for you. We do a lot of uh, introspecting, if that's a word. Outrospecting, that's not a word. Thinking, definitely a word. As always, if you have any feedback for the show, email us at thegaryhour at gmail.com. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Me, Matt Kaplan, and mental health counselor, Melissa King. 
So your your specialties on you 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 cover a lot of things on your website. I was looking, and would you say um, females are your main clients? They are my main clients. However, I do work with men and with couples. Mm-hmm. Do you call them clients? I do call them clients. Some okay. some people call clients patients. Patients, yeah. Um, you know, I I like to call clients clients because I feel like it's a more equal. It feels like a more equal relationship, and I I like. Um, what about buddies? Not uh, no, too- definitely. <laughs> Definitely don't want to give the indication that we're buddies. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there has to be some sort of professionalism to yes, it. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, it's funny comparing audio engineering to psychology because they're very similar. And I'm not the only one that said this, but being a recording engineer, 85% of my job is being a psychologist to these people because I'm, I'm like carrying, I'm delivering their baby. Yeah. I'm holding their baby and I'm making sure it comes out. Yeah. And, Okay. You know, I've I listened to two of your shows uh-huh. for today just to get a sense, and I heard you say that, and I okay. you know that makes I'm repeating myself already. I think that that makes a lot of sense, you know. Um, but it almost sounds like you're doing a little bit of producing then, right, as well, because you're not just like handing the product; you're kind of saying. <clears throat> This doesn't, you're off key or this doesn't really work and you're having to figure out how to deliver that information. And yeah, then, but a lot of it is just psychological mm-hmm. and not even, not even the technical aspect that you're talking about, but just <clears throat> making sure they feel okay or knowing how, be, knowing when to say you, you can do it better uh-huh. or that was great. Mm-hmm. You know, like knowing how far to push them and mm-hmm. yeah. kind of like finding their, their BS line. Do you enjoy that kind of interaction or is it really stressful for you? Um, I just find it, I, I, I enjoy it. I just find it draining. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's definitely draining. And then I'm thinking, oh, I should just be a psychologist. <laughs> get paid more. <laughs> you have a really nice setup here, though. Oh, uh, thanks. Yeah, this is uh, where a lot of recording happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. So I'm curious to ask you, you deal with a lot of relationship issues set on your website? Yes, I do a lot of work around dating, relationships, and sexual health, which you might have also gathered. Okay, sexual health. Mm-hmm. What is that like? So, um, working with sex... Well, maybe I should tell a little bit of how I got into that. Um, so, How you got into wanting Working to help- with sexual health. So, well, sexual health really is a range of things, right? It's, it's taking care of your body. It's... Um, is that where people have like uh, some sort of issues with sex or body well, issues? We all we all should be taking care of our sexual health, right? Like, it's not just like sexual health doesn't become important just if you have like a problem, right? You know, like a so you mean STD like or masturbating like regularly. <laughs> is that what you mean? Well, I think just like like physical health, it's, you should be taking care of your body on a regular basis, right. not just because your doctor says you're sick. Right. That yeah. and also um, sexual health is is mental and emotional as mm-hmm. well. You know, it's it's about really knowing what you're comfortable with, what you're not comfortable with. Um, you know, sometimes it takes time to learn those things, but being able then to communicate with a partner during that process. Um, right. You know, being able to know what your values are and to um, know how to to navigate that in the world when, when there might be pressure to cross those boundaries. Do you mean like getting your sexual needs met? communicating with your partner sure getting your needs met in a relationship but also maybe like saying you know i'm not comfortable with doing that or i'm not comfortable in this relationship with having sex yet or you know there it's like the whole range but isn't that just communication 
I think it's communication, which I think people have a really hard time doing. Mm-hmm. I think people um, really struggle with talking about sex. Yeah. Um, and it's also knowing yourself. Right. Okay. So how did you get in? What? How did you get into that? So, um, so it it also encompasses STDs, which is my my entryway into this work. Okay. Um, because I've done a, spent a lot of years working with women who have herpes. Okay. Um, Doesn't everyone have herpes now? They say it's a very a lo- I love that you said that. I love <laughs> that you said that because it really is true. Like it's incredibly common mm-hmm. um, but there's still a lot of stigma around it yeah um, which I mean is, I don't have it but I heard everyone else does <laughs> sure <laughs> um, <laughs> so um, yeah so when I I actually when I was 16 I was diagnosed with herpes and I um, eight years later I found out that I was ne- I didn't have it it just went away or they were wrong well you can it doesn't go away right like once so you contract false, it you negative have, it was a false, false positive rather it was yeah um so visual diagnoses are very um poor indicators of if you have herpes or not and this particular at the time i mean this was like i was 16 it was like 1994 i think or 93 mm-hmm. um and so this doctor just kind of looked down there. I mean, I'm like freaking out, you know, and he's just like, you have herpes. And I started crying and I'm like, are you sure? And, and back then it was like a much bigger deal than it oh is now. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, there wasn't really internet where you could, you know, find other people who have it or, you know, right. something like that. Um, or see how much worse it can look. <laughs> Well, and that's the other thing. It's like in in high school, you have these images of like the worst case scenarios. And it, most of the time, it doesn't look like that. Right, yeah. So anyway, I'm freaking out. And this doctor is, and, and I'm like, are you sure? And I'm crying. And he, he just is like, I'm 99% sure. And he walks out the door and he goes, do a pregnancy test. And he shuts the door. And I'm like, I felt so, the doctor just was so his attitude was so judgmental judgmental and probably arrogant too. yeah overconfident and, yeah and mm-hmm. um and i i ended up getting a second opinion um and this was a clinic and i, I kind of went to the place where my regular doctor was although i didn't get to see my regular doctor but they were really awesome and kind and they were like well let's let's do a culture which the first doctor should have at least done uh-huh. um and the culture came back negative but then i had this blood test that came back positive and and at the time though they weren't doing good blood they didn't have good blood tests right so it was um i'm guessing just from my knowledge now cuz i know a lot more about it now than i did then they probably did like an IgM based blood test, which can pick up other kinds of herpes viruses like chicken pox or mono or whatever. So from a very young age, 16, you've been dealing with STD stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And at the time, my doctor told me that these these blood tests aren't very good. We'll just have to wait and see until if you have another if you have more symptoms, come back in. And I never had symptoms like that again. But in my inside of me I was like I have herpes you know what I mean and I, I'm gonna have to tell people and 
because you can, you know, most people who have it don't have symptoms. Uh-huh, and right. so, and then even if you had symptoms, you might not continue to have symptoms, right? So I just thought maybe I'm one of those people that just isn't continuing to have symptoms. And that's a really young age to get herpes. I mean. It's, I mean, like I really was thinking my life is over. Nobody's going to love me. Yeah. I'm never having sex again. Well, you, you probably know? don't want to when you find that, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. It's scary. <laughs> it's like, you know, you're thinking somebody betrayed you, um, you know, it's, it was so scary. And fortunately, I had a really great mom who went through it with me, you know? Uh-huh. I mean, she was... I mean, of course, she was, like, upset to find out that I was engaging in behaviors that could... that I could contract something like this. But she was... Like, she held my hand. I remember we slept... Um, in the living room, too. like she slept on the couch and I slept on the floor. Hold, and we she's were like probably holding thinking, each other's thank hands. God you're not pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> she, yeah, she probably was. Um, so she was just really fantastic, and I really think that helped me yeah. get through it. Mm-hmm. Well, that and then that's kind of a, a bit of psychology because she's giving you that comfort, that warmth that people yeah. get from their therapists. Totally, totally. That's great. So what what? What made you, because that's kind of scientific, Mm -hmm. but what made you go from that to psychology? Well, you know, so I was 16, then I went to school for audio production. I worked in post-production for several years, Mm -hmm. and then um, I was just, it went through my own personal sort of transformation of like questioning, you know, I was very involved, like, so after the herpes thing, I got very involved in in church, (laughs) Uh not surprisingly, right, like, I'm thinking, like, how do I redeem myself here? Were you not religious before? I was, you know, I I think I was, like, a typical American Christian, you know, like, we Uh went to church on Easter That's when people find God when something bad happens, right? Totally, and I think that, you know, there was a lot of value to that, I mean, I, I, I got involved with the youth group, and I felt really, um... Like, I just made really great friends, and, Mm -hmm. you know, it was just a really added a lot to my life. Um, Like, that's it, no sex. I'm I'm getting married, and then maybe we'll have sex. (laughs) (laughs) Totally. Um, So then um, I... um, So I'm, I'm doing the audio production, and I, you know, I just start... Lots of things were happening that just started making me question things. Like, you know, questioning my faith, questioning... What am I doing with my life? Because I was waking up in the morning like, I don't really want to do this. Her purpose. You didn't feel a purpose. I, yeah. 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 And everyone, so, everyone struggles with that. Mm-hmm. Everyone struggles with like identity and purpose. Like yeah. why the hell get up in the morning? Yeah. You need some sort of drive mm-hmm. and reason. Yeah. To, and I think especially in your 20s, mm-hmm. you know, you're kind of like... 30s really, and 40s and yeah, 50s yeah, and 60s. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so... Um, I think that's why retired people have such a hard time. You know, because right. once you don't have... You're like, you're having to redefine yourself. Yeah, you how much know? nothing can you do? Nothing mm-hmm. gets boring. Mm-hmm. People um, that people that don't retire, I read, people that don't retire that keep their jobs and mm-hmm. keep involved, they live longer. Yeah, I've seen that too. Yeah, um, doesn't surprise me though. I mean, yeah, your your social interaction stays the same. You do, you feel like you're doing something. You feel like you're contributing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I started going to counseling when I was dealing with all this stuff mm-hmm. and um, had a wonderful experience with a counselor who was in training. Was, and that your first therapist you had a good experience with? Um, what, I, no, it was not my first therapist. I did try another therapist at the church I was going to. And I it, went. It is, isn't it? It's so hard to find the right one. Yeah. I think a lot of people cross up therapy 
because they just never found the right mm-hmm. person, which is so stupid because it would be like crossing off love because you've dated three people and yeah. it didn't work out. Yeah, you're, I mean, I definitely think you have to have some kind of chemistry with your therapist you know and it's really hard to find that person it i would really say it's is. like it's you know it's like finding a lover it's there like really should be like therapist speed like dating patient yeah. matchmaking yeah yeah just go on from yeah. one therapist to another i like, think speed right. dating would be great yeah. like yeah you could just really interview yeah. a bunch of different therapists well i love that you offer that on your website a free 15 minute consultation yes. to yeah. see if you're yeah. a good match i think that's really important because i want the person to feel like you know I don't want to go spend $125 or more, right, yeah. to um, sit with somebody that might just not get me at all. Right. And then once you've spent that money, you feel like, well, I've already committed that much time and money. I might as well continue with this therapist. Right, right. I, I you know, I definitely feel like I often tell people, you know, if you don't like the first person. So I was working at the Bureau of STD at the STD clinics for quite some time. And we were only allowed to do 12 sessions with clients. And I would have to refer them then after that out to somebody that could see them more permanently. Uh-huh. And I would tell them, you know, if you don't like the first person you go to, it's like there's nothing wrong with saying this isn't working for me and move in and trying someone else. You know, keep trying until you find somebody because, you know, a lot of for the a lot of the clients, it was their first you know, first time in therapy with was with me. Yeah. And so I wanted them to know like because a lot of people also are afraid of offending somebody. Like, I don't want to stop mm-hmm. going to that person because they might I might make them feel bad. Right. Yeah. And then yeah. you just diagnose them as a people pleaser and send them on their yeah. way and everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or they've already given you their whole backstory so they feel like, all right, I've already, like Matt said, I've already invested. They already mm-hmm. know my story. Maybe we'll get to something soon. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot of that. You spend a lot of stuff just catching them up with mm-hmm. your life. Yeah. There's, I mean, I've encountered a number of clients <laughs> who spent years with therapists and I, I've asked you, how was that? Um, how was that for you? How was your relationship with that person? And they'll be like, eh. I'm yeah. like, really? You yeah. spent years with this person? I've been to a lot of therapists, and uh, I finally found one that's good. And it took a lot of trial and yeah. error. And she was great. And I had to kind of pry her a little bit because she was the type that would just listen mm-hmm. and repeat back to me my own statements mm-hmm. in question form, mm-hmm. which I know is a tactic. Mm-hmm. But then I... I kind of just told her i said would you give me feedback yeah and she said well i'm not here to give you feedback i'm just Mm -hmm. here to listen and Mm -hmm. you know you'll find your own feedback and i said yeah i know but i would rather i trust your opinion i want your opinion yeah and uh that's when it really got good for me Mm. was when i felt like i was talking to a person that had a a degree yeah but was giving me feedback so she really listened to what your needs were and she she delivered she did. Yeah. She, she, I think it was out of her norm, but uh, I, was, I was like, well, what do you think of that? Am I wrong? Am mm-hmm. I? And then she normally should say, do you, do you think that's a common thing? Do you think a lot of therapists think that people are going there just to speak and don't actually want I, s- strong feedback? I think that it depends on your training. You know, I'm somebody that really... I, you know, I, before I became a therapist, I was a coach for a while, so I'm really comfortable with giving feedback, although I, I do it very differently as a therapist than I did as a coach. Um, but I definitely find that a lot of clients who've had therapists previously have shared similar experiences where they, you know, got frustrated because all their therapist did was listen. Right. Um, and, 
you know, I think it really has to do with therapeutic orientation, especially like if you're, you come from a more classically psychoanalytically, psychoanalytically trained background where you're really kind of supposed to be blank slate. Right. Um, you know, so the therapist may not, they might realize or recognize that the patient would, or client would like feedback, but they aren't giving that because based on their theoretical approach, they think that's not what the client needs. The client needs to develop it for themselves. Right. I think Freud was the first one that found people just felt better just talking. Mm-hmm. Right. He was mm-hmm. the first guy that were like, oh, people, when people just talk and talk about their problems, they just get mm-hmm. better because they vented. Everyone needs to vent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there is therapy in that, absolutely. Yeah. But yeah. for me, personally, it wasn't enough. I wanted some feedback and yeah. some guidance, you know? Like, well, they call it life coach mm-hmm. now, but that's what a life coach would mm-hmm. do is, like, give you guidance. And I think therapists do as well, if depending on the theoretical approach. Um, so, you know, I th- and I think clients, you know, when you go to therapy... You want to learn something, mm-hmm. right? So, um, I mean, as a therapist, you can kind of lead someone to their own answers. Yes, through their own words. Yes, yes, and you know, and and ask provocative questions that aren't just a reflection of the statements. You know, to help people think about things that yeah. they wouldn't have thought about otherwise. That's what mine or did. Explore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what she did, and it's really, really good. Got me really thinking. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's fun to like bring in, you know, some education about psychology, you know, like to talk about concepts around boundaries or concepts around, you know, needing or mm-hmm. love or whatever. What, do, what would you say some of the most common issues are and common problems? Mm-hmm. Um, well, def- I, I feel that boundaries are huge. Um, so what I mean by boundaries is, and and it's in combination with knowing and being comfortable with yourself. Mm -hmm. So knowing what you need, knowing what you want and And speaking up for that, being able to speak up. Right. Um, I find that a lot of people have a, a difficulty doing that if they even know what it is they need. A lot of times people are just kind of going along with whatever, yeah, you know, and they're and then they're suffering emotionally for it, and they don't understand why. Or find the right balance of it. I think people go one one extreme or the other. Either they don't say things, or they just barking at people sure. all the time. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean that's definitely another. You know, so um, I I don't encounter that as often, but with people like that, you know, one of the things that I often work on with them is helping them sit with the things that are triggering them instead of reacting yeah you know sitting with like okay what is that what does that feel like well it doesn't surprise me because from a very early age we're kind of molded and told to be subordinate Mm -hmm. to our elders to Mm -hmm. right when you go in school you're Mm -hmm. always subordinate Mm -hmm. be quiet teachers teaching Mm -hmm. you know sit at your desk quietly so it's not a big surprise that we have a trouble voicing our needs or our mm. wants and desires yeah, and we really want to be liked and we don't want to seem like we're weird we don't want to get in trouble and we don't want to get in trouble mm-hmm. for sure yeah and and would you say that this is common mostly in relationships or in job situations so or friendships so it certainly can happen in job situations most of the people who are coming to me for therapy are experiencing it in dating and relationships dating and relationships mm-hmm. yeah which i mean that's a very common thing for mm-hmm. everyone 
mm-hmm. almost everyone dates and almost everyone is trying to be in a relationship mm-hmm. that when they get in one they've got other problems mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's like chris rock says uh uh bored and in a relationship or lonely and dating oh. right <laughs> one or the other well i don't i don't know if that's that's very i think a sad assessment it kind of makes it seem like you it's can't, cynical yeah you can't have a great yeah well that's I, I mean i've been in a very long relationship and it's got its own challenges yeah i think it's for people who have not really had a serious or a permanent relationship i think it's very oftentimes surprising you know what a real relationship requires are you have you always been practicing and seeing clients in new york yes so you're always seeing new yorkers yes New York City people. Yes. Because I do find relationships here are kind of unique in New York. Dating and relationships mm-hmm. are unique to New York because there's so many attractive people. Mm-hmm. And there's so many people. Yes. And I th- there's, yeah, and there's a lot of different expectations. I mean, we're very fast-paced. We're very progressive, you know. Um, and sometimes people, I think, get caught up in that fast pace and then they, they sort of lose things that, lose touch with things that they really want or value or think that they can't get it. There's so many cards stacked against a relationship here in New York. The busyness, the coldness that you have to put on just to get through the day. Mm-hmm. You have to kind of emotionally shut off here or else you'll you'll be in tears in uh, two blocks because mm-hmm. <laughs> you've seen so much horrible yeah. stuff. Yeah. And all the all the attractive people around you. Mm-hmm. I mean, these are not things that are conducive to a healthy relationship. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of the women that I work with feel, you know, bring that up, just like that feeling of like, you know, I've heard, you know, they'll say, I've heard that, you know, because there's so many potential partners, people have a difficult time kind of sticking to one. Yeah. Do do you think that is, everyone does say that, that's very common thing Mm -hmm. for anyone in a city to Mm -hmm. say that, but is it real? Is is that, you know, are, are people having more trouble in, in big cities for those reasons? I don't. So I don't know specifically if it's, you know, if there's any studies done about people, you know, having difficulty in big cities, but there, um, I was, I'm actually reading a human sexuality textbook right now and I, I'm working through this chapter on attraction and there is apparently some study that, um, scarcity makes people like more attractive. So if there's like Mm -hmm. not as much opportunity, people become more attractive. If you are are less available you become more attractive the more choices there are and they're harder Mm -hmm. harder it is to be satisfied Mm -hmm. with yours Mm -hmm. yeah that's i mean i think in india where there's arranged marriages they have a much lower divorce rate i think that's true yeah 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 it is and and here we have all these choices and now with internet dating there's even more choices Mm -hmm. and it ain't helping yeah i mean i think and i really i mean i haven't seen studies on this but i really think that when things get difficult in a relationship, it's just, you know, like, oh, well, this must not be my match. And then I got to go try somebody else, right. you know? Um, so what, what, what would you, what do you tell a person? Cause I mean, I, so many people are dealing with mm-hmm. this. What do you tell a person? Well, I think it's, it's unique to the person and it's, it's very, you know, it's, it's very dependent on that particular person's issues and what they're struggling with, you know? Um, but I do, you know, Oftentimes, like I, I work with couples as well, and sometimes, you know, when they're going through struggles, like I try to, um, 
you know, validate that that's really normal. You know, it's mm, really normal right. to hit walls and like have to wrestle through things when you are developing a partnership. It, you know, I think that we get very scared when that happens. Um, but oftentimes we, if you want a long-term partnership, you have to really work through a lot of knots and power struggles and like figure things out to, to make, you know, to grow as a person, Yeah, you know, and to, um, you know, to get the relationship to even a deeper place. And it doesn't help when people are like when people feel like they're walking on thin ice mm -hmm. and they feel like the relationship could break up at any moment. Yeah. I think it's healthier when you have my, my girlfriend and I, we would do this thing where if um, we're having trouble and we needed to work something out, we'd be like, all right, we're not going to break up mm -hmm. for the next month. No matter uh -huh. what, uh -huh. we're going to stay together for the next month and then uh -huh. we'll work out these problems. Uh -huh. So don't even worry about mm -hmm. anyone mm -hmm. leaving. That's so, I mean, that's so great. Is that a good tool? I think it's a really great tool. Because even when couples come to me for counseling, if they're, if they're wrestling with something difficult and they're questioning the relationship, I'll say, okay, let's, let's set a time frame that we're going to agree that we're going to, like, t let's say 12 weeks for sure, nobody's mm. going anywhere. Oh, you, you do this? Uh-huh. Oh, nice. Yeah. I just, we just intuitively figured this out. Oh, that's really? cool. Really? So yeah. this wasn't even like a suggestion from your therapist? No. That's I just awesome. saved 125 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's fantastic because it, it creates, I think, a safe space to yes. really work through stuff. It made know? it easy, easier to breathe for mm -hmm. sure. Mm -hmm. Melissa, are you ever, have you ever seen couples where you're like, oh, they should break up? Yeah. Or or do you feel like your job is to keep them together because that's what they're paying you for? Um no, I don't I I tend to sort of have this like I go into it with hope for the relationship, you know, mm -hmm. because I think there's a lot of things that are um, there's plenty in society that's kind of tearing relationship, like the idea of relationship apart. And if they're there and they're paying you, they obviously want it to work or they think they want it to work. Maybe. Um, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, I haven't, you know, and I'm still fairly young in the field. Mm -hmm. Um, so I have not yet encountered a, a couple I've but you're married and you've been in a long relationship, yes, right? Yes. It'd be it'd be funny to see a therapist <laughs> been divorced four times, <laughs> can't make it work. Yeah, I, I, I definitely think that I, you know, my husband and I have certainly had to work through challenges, and it, and and I we have I think a very strong relationship, um, and that certainly gives me hope and faith for people. Yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, and then I think also over time like you get to talk to other couples and like you start really seeing like this is nor and then when you study the psychology and like what's normal like this is normal right this is normal but most people don't know that that's normal because most people aren't talking about the inside of their relationship well it kind of opens the valve a little bit too lets mm -hmm. out the steam this is normal it's okay we're yeah. fighting yeah 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 um my supervisor so i'm actually pre-licensed, which means that I'm still completing my hours towards independent licensure. So when you graduate um, with your master's degree, you have to do 3,000 hours. It's sort of like a residency kind of thing. Right. Until you can practice without supervision. Okay. Um, so I'm towards the end of that. I think I have like 250 hours left or something like that. Mm -hmm. 
my supervisor is fantastic and he often, and I really think it's true and I, I've really seen it in couples since he said this to me, but he'll say people often choose people that will help them either heal or grow in some area that they need to heal or grow. And sometimes people will grow by splitting apart. Sure. Yeah. I mean, like to get back to Matt's question, what do you do when a couple comes in and you're like, when you think, you know what, they'd both be better off separate. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I haven't, like I said, I haven't really come across that yet because, and I think it's because I'm still fairly new in the profession. So I haven't seen enough couples to, to have that happen. But what I would do would be to really, you know, help them each to def- and help them to define together and, and individually like what they need mm-hmm. and what their sort of deal breakers are and what, like how much like where are they going what are their values what's working what's not working and and to help them to kind of come to a decision help them come to their, their own, own conclusion yeah right so you can help them communicate mm-hmm. with each other yeah and maybe even within the therapy room they'll figure out that we that they both want something else yeah Maybe they'll finally start saying things that they've been too afraid to say. Right. You know? That would be pretty neat to see an amicable breakup right in front of your eyes. <laughs> that you've kind of assisted. I think that would be, my hope would be to help them end it as health, in as healthy a way as possible. Have you ever had a couple come in where clearly one of the, one of the people had, uh, it was mainly their fault or they had most of the problems in a relationship? I really, you know, sometimes it's very easy to be like, it's this person, right? Like, Mm -hmm. because they're the ones with the most visible problems, but we tend to attract people at the same health level as we are. Uh So I always have in the back of my mind, something is going on with the other person just as much. Mm. Um, and trying to figure out how to, you know, bring that out or explore that and find out like what, like why, otherwise, why did this person invite this other person into their life? Well, isn't there a thing of like some people are attracted to people that are way more messed up than they are so they can feel like they have it together? You ever know those kinds of people that they like to hang yes. out with, like, a, like a, just put it on a vein level, a mm-hmm. girl that likes to hang out with really ugly girls. So she looks really attractive. Right, right, right. Yeah. Or there they, are people like that. They like to hang out with people mm-hmm. that are totally messed up in their sure. lives. Or yeah, they, or they have like the savior complex, right? Like I'm going to fix this person, yes. Yes. you yeah. know? Um, yeah. I mean, but I think that, yeah, whatever that person's issues are, it's like, it's just as much as whatever the, per- like there's reasons why, why are you? taking care of people that way when right. why not, did you put that burden on yourself right. that you need to take care of the and then then be upset because your needs aren't getting met that's often what happens interesting well that's funny because that was my main issue when i was in therapy really and she brought that to my to light it was like i have this need to want to make things okay for everybody uh-huh. and i've somehow put that on my shoulders mm-hmm. and she would when she kind of like led me to that Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it made a lot of sense, yeah. you know, like through all throughout my childhood and stuff. Mm-hmm. So, do you think I'm one of those people? Or is that? Am I? Is that mean? Does that, does that mean I have a savior complex? Um, or are I they actually, exclusive? I actually think, um, I, I think that it's a really common thing. You know, like I. Th- do I think you have a savior complex based on that little bit of information? I, you who know, knows? I couldn't. Yeah, who yeah. knows? Um, 
I don't think I do. But there might be, you know, something like, you know, who knows? Like, what what is it that's like making it uncomfortable for you to see other people uncomfortable? I mean, you know, beyond just that, of course, nobody wants to see people uncomfortable. But why is that space? Why do you need to fill that space? Right. Why is it your responsibility? Right. Yeah. It's a good question. I want to talk about internet dating too, because it's definitely <laughs> if it's okay to steer it that way. Okay. And I, I want to start with a quick little anecdote. I was talking to a friend of mine, and she was telling me that she was recently speaking with her cousin, who's in college, mm-hmm. and that's all they do is internet dating. Uh-huh. Um, she asked her like, "Oh, if you see like a you know a cute boy on campus, do you talk to him?" She's like, "No, I go back to my dorm and I see if I can find him on you know dating site or even a social media site uh-huh. and contact him that way." Uh-huh. So I wonder if internet dating, I'm sure it has opened the doors and many people have met, but are people less likely to talk to each other in person because they've shut that side of them mm-hmm. off knowing the safe way and the best way to do it these days just chicken is shits. internet dating. That's chicken shit. That's a really good question. I don't know the answer to that question. Mm-hmm. I don't know what's actually happening, but I, I imagine that internet dating makes it so much easier for people who are, you know, to avoid... I think it's a lot safer. Really, yeah. I mean, if you have to, if you go to someone face to face and mm-hmm. ask them out or ask them to hang out to deal with that rejection face to face, it's a lot harder than sending a text. Yeah, I find a lot of my clients, um, the female clients that I work with, will say, you know, I don't want to do internet dating, or I'm not. I'm kind of getting off of these sites because I want to meet people in person, you know. And then they're trying to get involved in activities, you know. They're going on like meetup, right? You know, trying to get involved in activities, meeting and meet people in real life. So maybe that's a good sign. I, I would hope so. I mean, personally, I feel internet dating has become exhausting. Mm-hmm. It's just that's, that's been, been your experience. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's a lot of work, and yeah. then you know to finally meet someone and you can meet them in person, and you realize like, oh, there's no chemistry just because we like the same bands yeah. or because I thought that picture of you doing yoga in the park was yeah. cute. It doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You've known um, you've known Matt a while, right? Well, I mean, we're we're not close, but you know, my husband and him are, yeah, are good we've friends. We've probably known each other close we've, to ten years. Yeah, maybe now. we've seen yeah. each other here and there over yeah. the last ten years. I mean, Matt's like one of the most stable, reliable, solid guys that I know. He's uh-huh. like on paper, I would totally think Matt would be married for like a million years by now. But he's he's single. I, I find it so odd. What, why do you think it is? I didn't mean to bring this up to talk about <laughs> myself. It was more of a general kind of thing for all our listeners. Uh, but it is something I, I'm curious. Are about. Are you comfortable with talking about? Oh yeah, okay. yeah. I mean, it's it's just it's a it's a big subject. Yeah. Just to, to yeah. like to say why I'm I'm single right now is is that's a that's a big yeah. subject. I I would say with internet dating, I think that's that's a big part of it. Yeah. I feel like. You know, my successful long-term relationships are usually just uh, meeting someone in person, and then you just you just feel it out. Mm -hmm. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I feel personally like you can just catch somebody's eye, Mm -hmm. and that says so much more about how you feel about Mm -hmm. each other than a whole Mm -hmm. bunch of pictures and Mm -hmm. and questions answered Mm -hmm. online. But you've Uh, been through a lot of women. It's not like you're you're having trouble meeting them. You've been through (laughs) you've been through a lot of women, but none of them have stuck. Right. Yeah, and that's the part I find odd because everything else in your life is very solid and stable. Yeah, I mean, I guess I haven't found anything that I felt was a real strong connection in recent years. Mm -hmm. And probably part of that, I think, is because I haven't met someone in person uh, recently. It's Mm -hmm. all just internet dating Mm -hmm. that that you're like, oh, this seems to be working, so let's continue. Mm -hmm. But you find down the line it's not 
the right connection. Mm-hmm. So it's not just being too picky. I don't know. <laughs> um, do you think you're too picky? I mean, someone, Gary might say I'm being too picky. For me, I feel like I, there's no reason for me to settle with something that's mm-hmm. not perfect for the, for the person. I mean, I'm probably complicated in certain specific ways, mm-hmm. but I feel with the, the right people, there is that strong connection. Mm-hmm. Um, and someone to find that connection with is, is been difficult in yeah. recent years for me. Yeah. Do you, so oftentimes you find somebody to on online to go on a date with mm-hmm. and then it lasts how long, like how long, like those that go past date one, how long do those typically last? Uh, it can go a month, uh, uh-huh. three, four months, a okay. year plus or okay. something like that. Yeah. And you find that it, you said it sort of just kind of, you realize there's not a connection. You said a deeper connection, or at least for what I'm looking for, uh-huh. for someone that I feel like I can grow long term with, mm-hmm. um, and, and continue to inspire each other mm-hmm. and, and become better people mm-hmm. separately and together. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe I am too picky in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or he's just attracting the wrong women. That could be as well. Sure. Yeah. Um, or you haven't, or you just haven't met the right person. Right. And, and I guess I'm hopeful, and, and maybe I'm too much of a romantic, but I'm hopeful that I can find that perfect person for me. Mm-hmm. Do you find that each time you go through this that you grow in different ways? or that Absolutely. Been- Definitely. I mean, I'm also someone who's very comfortable being by myself. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, I don't need someone in my daily life. Yeah. I'm very happy. I have a lot of great friends and mm-hmm. great family there's a lot of support mm-hmm. so uh and and i keep myself busy so i'm not i don't find myself being bored mm-hmm. where i feel the answer would be being in a relationship mm-hmm. um and do you um you said that you lose the connection is there a particular thing that tends to repeat itself like it's like a, a pattern per, a certain kind of connection that's not not happening for you you said something about helping each other be better people I think in certain ways, um, because I'm basically an easygoing person, mm-hmm. um, but I, I'm an easygoing person, so I think sometimes people mistake that as not having my own strong feelings about things. Okay. So then you get your partners complain about you not... I think it's more of um, me maybe finding issue with... Uh, a woman not wanting to be as giving or understanding as I am. Oh, and, you know, okay. you can ask them. They uh-huh. might say the complete uh-huh. opposite. Maybe that's just uh-huh. my take on it. And how do you express that to them when it's happening? In, in words. <laughs> <laughs> do you uh, ask for that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Specifically, absolutely. you ask for those yeah. specific things. And then they're like, no, I don't. Like, you're asking for too much. Or Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And do you do you go to therapy? I, I have. I'm yeah. not currently yeah. in therapy. Has it been helpful? It's, yeah, mm-hmm. extremely helpful, yeah. yeah. And, and and I think maybe, I mean, after my last time in therapy, which was, you know, maybe two, three years ago, mm-hmm. after a breakup, yeah. um, I think I did sort of learn a lot about myself and uh, re-figure uh, how, what kind of path I want to go on yeah. in relationships mm-hmm. and take stronger stances on things. And yeah. maybe that's why in recent years it's been... You know, there's something I've seen, and it's not just with Matt, but with a lot of men, Mm -hmm. is that they uh, start to date women that are not very good matches for them, Mm -hmm. but more like uh, a pure view of their mother. 
Mm. You know, they date someone that's like going to make them change Mm -hmm. and not be the person that they are. Mm -hmm. And they end up dating someone that's like, oh, I can't do that because the wife will see Mm -hmm. or the wife. And Mm -hmm. I'm just like, I don't understand Mm -hmm. why you would want to settle down with Mm -hmm. that. And I don't know. I've seen that with Matt for many years. I've met these Mm -hmm. girls that he'll be dating. and I'm like, not a good match, Mm -hmm. not a good match. Mm -hmm. But uh, it is a common thing with men. Where have you seen this with with men? They dating like some odd view of what they think they should be with, I, I other than just that, dating a friend. Well, I think it's really common to date people that are somehow a reflection of our mother or father or some mm-hmm. combination of people in our families. Um, I'm curious about you know you said that something like you know I'm trying to be more direct or something what was the word you used yeah i think i mean i think for a lot of things in my life over the last let's say five years of things i've personally gone through has helped me better define who i am what i want to do and Mm -hmm. how to express myself Mm -hmm. so i think that's the bigger thing that's Mm -hmm. going on and relationships dating is is Mm -hmm. just part of that yeah um so i'm I'm sorry what what was your well i think it's great that that i mean i think that's such a huge I feel like that's the huge challenge for a lot of people to get to that space where yeah. they're able to really define who they are and to be clear what they're putting out in the world about, you know, like putting out really who I am. And clear on their needs. And clear on your needs yeah. and not having, like not trying to hide them or pretend we don't have them, you know. Um, I think that's so important to finding a good match you know and I think a lot of times people struggle with finding a good match because they're not they haven't done that and you know I I feel like I see time and time again people sort of you know I see it especially with women and I do work with a lot more women than I I do men so Uh I I have a lot more examples Mm -hmm. Um, you know but sort of trying to be like you know I'm I'm independent and I'm cool and I'm fine and I don't need anyone. You right. know, kind of, because they think that having like a need for a partner is bad and they've like sort of developed this idea that needs are negative and bad and I I shouldn't need a man, you know? And um so they sort of put out this like I'm fun and independent and like you can like I don't I'm not going to require too much of you. But I don't think that's a great thing for a partner because i think a partner wants to feel needed i yes and i think that's that's a huge thing that i try to work on with my clients who are doing that yeah you know um to get comfortable with because they do have needs you know but it's that they're they're hiding that and they're putting like that's not what they're selling so they're selling Mm. you know i don't need anyone i'm fun you don't have to you don't have to worry about me. I'm not going to need person, too much from you. Other person will be like, fine. And that's the, <laughs> but, on then. but that's the person yeah. they attract, right? Like they attract people who don't want to be needed and just want to have a good time. And then, and then after, you know, some time has passed, it's like they, then that partner who was attracted to you not needing me, n- you know, now all of a sudden you need something from me. Right. Like I'm out, you know what I mean? Right, right, right. <laughs> Um, and I was just thinking, you know, I wonder, you know, you were saying that you're you're very easygoing and all of the stuff, and 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 that kind of can sometimes be also mean that you're not speaking up as much, right? About or being as direct or being. I, I, I mean, I do think there were times in the past that, mm-hmm. um, yeah, my my easygoingness was uh, mistaken for. 
being easygoing about what might bother me about someone uh-huh, else. And then when yeah. it does come up, it's like, whoa, where did this come right, from? Right, um, But yeah, I don't think that's something recent. And I, I also, I don't want to get too much into it, but I think, Gary, I think you're perhaps speaking a little out of turn with some of your comments and I think you're basing a lot of that on one specific relationship Um, of yours yeah I don't think you've really even met or or known anybody I've I've dated in the last few years no and that's that's something that I would say is that I've seen a change in Matt where like the past and that's taps on what you said too the past I don't know three to five years maybe I think you're really coming into your own where you're figuring out who you are and what mm-hmm. you want from a partner what you need from a partner right but I think a lot of the women that I've seen you date you know I don't know before that I never saw a very good match and I don't know and I think it it, it takes a while for a person to grow and see that they really need someone that fits them because it's hard to find your identity and it's hard to i think we all as men want to marry a version of our mother mm-hmm. who's very pure mm-hmm. but if you like to have a, a couple beers a night don't marry a girl that doesn't want you to drink it all mm-hmm. you know matt how do you feel about what gary's saying to you I, I mean, I I'm think, being very yeah, like yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're in couples therapy. Yeah. So yeah, I think you know, uh, I think part of what he's saying is right, but I think he's also basing it on certain relationships, and mm-hmm. and you know, there there was a good p- bunch of years where we didn't even live near each other and hardly saw each other for many years when you were you know on the West Coast. So there was a big chunk of of my relationship life you weren't that familiar with. Um, so I think part of what he's saying is, is valid, but I, I don't think it's, it's the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, because, I, you know, look, there are many of my exes that I'm still very close with, very mm-hmm. good friends with. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's a mark of a healthy relationship, mm-hmm. even if it didn't turn out to be yeah. marriage or, or domestic partners or anything like mm-hmm. that. It just wasn't, you know, ultimately the best thing for, for us. And we figured that out mm-hmm. and, and have remained healthy. Yeah in that way mm-hmm. um but that is that is a thing where people i can't speak for women but i can definitely speak for my male friends where they end up dating or marrying someone that wants them to change mm-hmm. and they can't be their whole selves mm-hmm. in front of them mm-hmm. yeah i i uh, agree with that you know mm-hmm. that i've definitely been in relationships that mm-hmm. have ended because um we just hit a hit a place where mm-hmm. um I needed to grow because yeah. I am a person, even though I'm basically the same person I've always been, yeah. I'm constantly looking for new things that are going to feed my soul mm-hmm. and keep moving and keep growing. Mm-hmm. And I'm happy and I want to take that person along with me. Yeah. But that person isn't doesn't always want to continue yeah. on that. Yeah. I feel, I mean, this is, this certainly, um, you know, affects my thinking in therapy but it's 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 a personal sort of um i'm speaking as melissa just melissa yeah i want to say like you're here as as melissa and you're here as a specialist Mm -hmm. yeah so so this is me speaking as melissa you know i really think that um you know finding a partner who is interested in working on themselves and is willing to work on a relationship is should be a priority for people who want to have a good relationship you Mm -hmm. know because i think there's no like it's like there's no way you're not gonna 
have difficult hurdles in a relationship to get over and sometimes just be like, how can you think that way? You know, it's so clearly this, you know, or whatever. Um, you know, and I think having a partner that's committed to to figuring out it, figuring it out and like looking for people who kind of are willing to do that and sort of have sort of their sights on like, you know, you know, I really, I, you know, if you want something long term, like looking for somebody who's like, I really want that and I'm willing to do the work to make that happen and to like, you know, and sometimes and understanding that it is work and understanding that it's work and not every challenge is necessarily going to be solved. And unfortunately, sometimes, you know, people, there are certain challenges that people can't get over. Yeah. Right. Um, but like maintenance is work and a relationship mm-hmm. requires maintenance, which is constant work. Yeah. I think one thing, and tell me if you want me to shut up, Matt, but one thing is Matt does, Matt's not big on physical affection, uh-huh. you know? And one thing I learned from my first girlfriend was that. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. She would, this is my high school girlfriend, so I was very young, but she would tell me her problems and I would try and work them out in words. Mm-hmm. And then she, at one point she was just like, Gary, I don't want you to try and fix my problems. I just want you to listen and hold me. Mm-hmm. And that was like the best mm-hmm. advice mm-hmm. for that age. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think women, people in general, want just sometimes want physical affection. Mm-hmm. I think we're humans. We mm-hmm. need to be touched. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Has that been a common problem in our relationships with you, Matt? Well, I think that's... N- not exactly right. I think you're basing it on maybe some of our conversations. Like, for example, I'm not a big hand holder. Okay. To me, walking down the street holding hands is terribly uncomfortable. Uh-huh. You know, uh, I'm 6'2". Uh-huh. You know, sometimes my girlfriends are shorter than me. Mm-hmm. Holding hands is just going to cause pain in my shoulders and neck. <laughs> what about uh, that? In the city, the streets uh-huh. are crowded. Uh-huh. It's difficult to navigate the sidewalks. Uh-huh. Like, I can be next to you. You don't need to hold my hand uh-huh. to know that I care about you. Uh-huh. Or what about so, on a couch? Legs over the... the another thing. I don't want... Yeah, that's another thing I've said. I don't want your legs on my lap. Like, this, this default of... Uh-huh. Uh, a man and a woman sit down and the girl thinks she can just put her legs on my lap. Uh-huh. That's uncomfortable for me. Okay. You know, so it's things like that. And, yeah. and, and maybe I'm an asshole. But for me, I'm going to say, I don't want your legs on my lap. Mm-hmm. I don't want to walk down the street uh-huh. and hold hands. Yeah. And, and yeah, that is a problem. But, but I'm going to stick to that. It's mm-hmm. not going to say that I'm not physically affectionate. I'm yeah. not scared to touch other people. Uh-huh. Um, I'm happy, you know, sleeping in bed together. I'm, you know, holding the woman. Uh-huh. Um, you know, at some point in the night, I'm going to want to spread out and get 
my own space. Uh-huh. You know, look, I'm 6'2". It's, it's a crowded city. I need uh-huh. my space when uh-huh. I can get it. Uh-huh. I think that only works for holding hands on the sidewalk. <laughs> All the other physical stuff, it's not flying, buddy. So, uh, and uh, so it's, 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 Yes. So maybe, you know, uh, someone might say like, like, give it up, dude, you know, mm-hmm. hold your woman's hand, mm-hmm. show her that you care mm-hmm. about her, mm-hmm. let her put her legs and crush your mm-hmm. testicles while you're watching TV. <laughs> but no, I'm not going there. Uh-huh. I'm pretty easygoing and, and open minded about most yeah. things. But there's certain things like if I'm physically uncomfortable, yeah. that's where I'm going to draw the but line. That's a basic need that people will want in a relationship is the thing. But it sounds like you're saying that you are affection in other ways absolutely yeah definitely mm-hmm. and so what are some way, things that you're besides you know holding each other in bed when you're going to sleep what other ways are you comfortable with showing affection i mean uh, verbally I'm, uh-huh. I'm always very you know uh, uh drawing pictures writing mm-hmm. poetry mm-hmm. um just expressing myself mm-hmm. in other ways mm-hmm. um and what about physical like Sex, yeah, definitely. (laughs) I will engage in sex. So when you're sitting on the couch, like, are you? Do you need to like be sitting on separate corners of the couch, like, or can you like wrap your arm? I mean, is there anything? Yeah, they can be touching, but Uh yeah, it's 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 a physical. It's not. It's what what I'm trying to say is like I don't want my need to be physically comfortable with my own body. Yeah. To to be mistaken as that I don't want sure. that I don't care about this person. Yeah. It's separate things for me. Well, it also sounds like you've had some long term relationships, so I imagine that there have been women who've been fine with that. Is that right? Or yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because if they understand that it's a matter of my own, like you, you know, uh, th- my own physical comfort. Mm-hmm. Like I don't want to be in pain or like walking around like, Oh, you yeah. know, my, my shoulder hurts now because I, I had to let someone, you know, yeah. sleep on me on a train or something yeah. like that. Yeah. That to me is very important. Yeah. If, if I'm physically in pain, I'm going to be just unhappy. Sure. And um, it's probably not, you know, if you try to act like it's fine, you know, for six months and then all of a sudden you're not doing it, it's pro- you know, and that that person really wants that kind of thing all the time, they're going to feel like, well, this, you're not the person I thought you were. No, I'm pretty right. upfront right away. Like, I don't want your feet on me. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I don't understand. Why is that? You know, please, l- listeners, you know, comment <laughs> on Facebook. Why is it a thing that like a woman can sit down on a couch and automatically she puts her, her I think l- it's legs primal. on my lap? I think it's primal. I think it's physical affection. When you see kittens, uh, cats, they, they cuddle up with each other. It's just a Why primal can't I put thing? my legs on her lap? You can. Oh, no, that doesn't happen. Don't date four foot girls. <laughs> you know, I think I think it's really great that you feel clear on what's personally comfortable for you. And I, you know, um, I wonder if you found ways to communicate that in a loving way to a person that thought that it would be fine. But you're okay, you're okay with putting your legs on them? No, it's not. You're it's not, not even something like I'm thinking of doing. Like it's like you, you know, right? It's you don't like physical affection. No, see, that's what I'm saying. It's not that, and I think you're you're defining it wrong. Uh-huh. There are certain things that it's it's not it's not a matter of affection. It's 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 my own physical comfort, mm-hmm. and and this is this is the conversation that that you're taking the the side of past girlfriends where it's seen as like I don't care about her. That just because I don't want her legs on my lap means I don't care about her, and that's not the case at all. No, I don't and think it blow, that. 
I don't think that. I okay. just think it's a primal need. It's an animalistic need for physical affection. I guess then I am you not see, you primal. See, I don't, I don't so know. Probably you Gary, see it in Gary and Matt would not be, you would probably not work out so well as romantic I partners. Mean, Melissa, you're sitting yeah. here Gary, the whole the whole. It podcast. sounds like that's something that you really need and is really valuable for I, you. And yeah. Matt, you're not able to meet that need. And exactly. <laughs> but you see it in puppies. You see it in cats, even adult cats mm-hmm. that aren't related cuddle with each so other. So you think that there's something like Matt's avoiding something or like you think there's something like something I'm, damaged there. I'm not going to dare like dig into the psychology <laughs> of why Matt oh, you wouldn't do that <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do think that's a big one mm-hmm. for a, a girl to compromise on it's mm-hmm. a big thing for a girl to compromise on and I think it just taps into so many facets of the relationship it taps into her feeling loved it taps into her feeling safe on a primal level when you don't have, when the only physical affection is sex, it's kind of, I don't know, it's a tough sell, I think. I, I understand what Gary is saying here, um, but it's, yeah, it's, 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 yeah, if I can snap my fingers and say, like, I'm physically comfortable with those things, I would, mm-hmm. but it's, it's not, and there's nothing I can't, like, I, 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 I can't be in that position of feeling like I'm just doing this for yeah. this person, yeah. you know, well, like, not, like they should trust me that I care and that there's other ways of, of showing. I don't find myself feeling all that concerned about that. I think it, it's between you and the person that you're with and, mm-hmm. and being able to, you know, have, you know, understand, you know, you and that person understand and, and finding ways that can, you know, if that person needs more physical affection, finding ways that are, com- you know, that you can meet that need that are com- comfortable for right, you. Right. So you're saying he should find someone that doesn't need that physical affection or that kind of physical affection. Maybe you're OK. I mean, I don't know, but maybe you're OK with stroking an arm while you're sitting and watching that. TV. I give I give nice massages, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's not it's not like I'm I don't want to be mistaken that like physical touch like uh, upsets me or grosses me out. It's mm-hmm. not about that. It's it's a physical Comfort, right? You yeah. just don't want to do certain kinds of things that create right. discomfort in your body. That's that's it. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. it. <laughs> you want to come to my office after? <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's ways to be comfortable. I mean, you put a pillow on your shoulder, uh-huh. and your partner could lean on your shoulder with a pillow in between. It's totally comfortable. Mm-hmm. But what, like, I, I I feel like why can't someone say like, oh, you know what? It's not that big of a deal for me. There, there are that. people. There's there's people for everyone. There's asexuals out there. No, there there are people the that identify as asexuals. Yeah. So you there are people, but there's just a lot less of them. And I think that if you can just be okay with that sort of physical affection, it's it's not it's not a you know it's a pretty common thing that people want. Hmm. Do you so Gary? You think that's Matt's big problem with? Having, finding his person. I don't know. To me, it just doesn't add up why Matt isn't in a long relationship. Mm-hmm. That, and I, I don't know. That's maybe one of the big reasons. I don't know. Matt can tell us why. Because he does date. He's had several like year relationships, six-month mm-hmm. relationships. Mm-hmm. And you seem very self-aware and self-reflective. So you probably do have some answers. 
I do. And, and the, the, the physical thing Gary's talking about is not necessarily a reason why relationships have ended. It's mm-hmm. become an issue, as a far sticking as you point. Know, they might not have voiced their, that to you. Well, I can't. Because, you know. because check this out. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally off base. But what if they felt like they were the ones with the problem? Like, why did they need? Maybe they felt like, why, what's wrong with me? Why do I need this physical affection? Because that seems to be your standpoint. So maybe when they're with you, they're like, oh, what's wrong with me? Why do I need this physical affection? I don't know, but I don't feel right. I need to get out of this relationship. And then like five years later, they realize that was totally normal to want physical affection. Look at these cats. They're cuddling. They don't even know each other. Well, you, can't, you can't keep bringing up cats because cats will also claw and hiss at each other. Well, I also think that if a person, you know, that, that, that there's other problems with that person if that person's not communicating that and, and thinking something's wrong with them. And, but that's and, a common thing that people just don't communicate. Well, it is, yes. Which is why, like, that's a huge part of therapy, I think, is, like, helping people define, define and then communicate. And they're also, they are also prone to think that they're the ones with the problem mm-hmm. right before they've been communicating. And just then, from hearing Matt talk, I kind of felt like, there he's he views it as you're the one with the problem you need this physical affection i've never i didn't i don't think i said that right now and i've certainly never said that to, to someone i would never s- say that to someone it, it's it's I, i've never accused anyone of that and i don't think any girl has ever thought that it was their problem i think it's always been clear that this was a need or something that they wanted and i've said i don't want it and i've never accused them of being something wrong i know that i'm unusual you're rejecting them I'm rejecting that maneuver, yeah. but I'm always very clear that it's not about how I feel. Mm-hmm. And, and, I, and, and I would like you know, a partner to see that I give a lot more in, in certain ways, more than many other people. Mm-hmm. And that's just a couple of instances that it's just something that I'm not into. Yeah. Just like if, if you know, as an extreme example, mm-hmm. let's say there was a sexual thing, right? Mm-hmm. That someone's not comfortable with. That should be respected. And it's not a matter of rejection. It's a matter of, of their own taste. I think it's, I really think that it's great that you're clear about mm-hmm. this and that you can communicate it with somebody, hopefully in a loving way. Um, you know, and I, I, Gary's shaking his head. Yes, like, it, like, sure. This is, but it, it seems like for you, it's something that de- it definitely like. You're like, you don't like this format. This, well, communicating this. in a in a loving way is is good. Mm-hmm. You know, that's always going to be because it's not what you say to people; it's how you say it mm-hmm. most of the time. And uh, I just know people don't freaking communicate. So yeah. if they felt rejected by that, they're probably not going to tell you or have the capacity to even but tell I think, you. But I think that, I mean, given Matt's um, level of growth and own personal self-reflection and... Matt's grown you know, a lot in the past three, and five it, years. it sounds like he's getting to a place in his life where he really is becoming more able to communicate. Then I think that probably you need a partner who's able to do that as well. And so maybe weeding out a partner who can't do that is not such a bad thing. Mm. I agree. Yeah. I, again, in, in that case, it's not a, what Gary suggested that they weren't communicating that. Mm-hmm. Most girls will definitely communicate <laughs> that, you know, that's never like, they'll be like, mm-hmm. what the fuck is your problem? Right. I want my legs here. What's wrong with you? Yeah. That's, that's, I don't think it's ever been an issue that a girl uh-huh. was not communicating. Uh-huh. That. Although I do think usually it's, uh, they're focusing on that sometimes mm-hmm. instead of some other issues. Like mm-hmm. it's okay, this is our problem instead of maybe something else is going on. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I, you know, 
I please tell me if this question is putting you too much on the spot because I hey, feel like gone, you're, you're, be, you're becoming Melissa. such yeah. a project. I, I, I really this. didn't want to speak you know? about internet dating, but please go ahead, Melissa. <laughs> Um, so going back to the question earlier, like we were saying, you know, you probably developed some insights into why, you know, you've had these long-term relationships and it hasn't worked out. So, and you said, yes, I'm just mm-hmm. curious what you've learned. Um, from about, tr- about my, myself or and why they, ha- why you think that you haven't uh, in, in recent times, uh, uh, um, the last, let's say three relationships I've had that were all roughly somewhere three, four months over the last three years, mm-hmm. I'm still very good friends with, with all three of these women. Mm-hmm. I can call text any of these women right now and hang out with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say in those cases, they were just like, we weren't right for each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's part of the beauty of aging, both for men and women, that you do get your own wisdom. Mm-hmm. So I think on both sides, it was clear that this is not right. Yeah. You know, let's remain friends. This was great. We had a great time together, a healthy relationship. But ultimately, we weren't the right people for mm-hmm. each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that insight over the last, let's say, five years or so for me has really helped aid mm-hmm. that and, and get us to a place of a healthy break up before anything got mm. bad i have noticed that matt's dating different kinds of women now He's, yeah uh, for some reason like 10 years ago or whenever uh, matt was rarely dating creative types mm-hmm. you know and uh i think the women he's dating now seem to be more in line with who he is mm-hmm. as a person so maybe it is just a matter of time i, I think i've always pretty much dated creative types mm. yeah I don't know. Well, it depends what you consider a creative type. But. Someone who's who's creative, yeah. Someone who creates. So you're not liking the online dating. Are you doing right. t- different things now? I'd like to. Uh, it's it's tough to meet people in person. Yeah. Um, and very often, you know, I'll be like, oh, I'm hitting it off with someone. And, uh, oh, sh- she has a girlfriend, a boyfriend or a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, so that doesn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um I do think Matt's right, though, that people are taking this. People are less apt to want to meet in public in mm-hmm. three-dimensional real reality mm-hmm. because there is a safety to just meeting online. Mm-hmm. And um, it's. I listened to your Tinder date show. You did, yes, which okay. I, I actually really liked. Oh, it's cool! It's very interesting listening to her legal background. Mm-hmm. I found that fascinating. But um, I think you guys talked about sort of. You know, when you're meet, when you meet somebody online, I, I don't remember if you if it was you or if it was her, yeah. but just the idea of like let's like let's just meet, like don't prolong the communication right. for two. You know, and I think that that's really a good idea because you fill in so many blanks and so, you would like so many. You know, and I think the perspective is changing. Where like for Tinder, Tinder for example, it's not a dating site; it's a meeting site. Mm-hmm. It's a place where you just meet. It's like an introduction site. Mm-hmm. This this site is going to introduce you, and then you go on the date. Mm-hmm. It's not online dating. It's online introduction, mm-hmm. and then you go, and that's the date. Mm-hmm. I think that's a cool way of looking at it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what are you doing to meet people? Outside of internet dating? Mm-hmm. Just talking to any you know girl that I, I meet and, uh-huh. and seeing where that goes. Uh-huh. Um, but it's, I think it is tough. And I, I think a lot of people, they'd be like, well, I'm not going to invest too much in this conversation yeah. because the only way I can really know about this person is I can look at their profile. Mm-hmm. Mm. 
and yeah, I, I don't know. Really, or, you think that that's the thinking? I, now. I think I think that's the thinking, or a big part of the thinking. Because mm-hmm. uh, they so like if they get your, you know, name or your email, they can run home and like look at their Facebook, your Facebook. Right. Profile yeah. Yeah. Do do some research on yeah. me I, instead of just trusting your your gut mm-hmm. and your connection. Mm-hmm. I think that's a thing that can be shattered in the moment. I think it's just like in the moment, the pressure of dealing with a person face to face. They're feeling that pressure, and then if they're interested, they're just like, "I just want to go home and look at them," where I'm not feeling this pressure. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you say just what you've said in that moment they'll realize what's happening and be like, oh, yeah, I'm meeting someone in person. Mm -hmm. This is cool. This Mm -hmm. is much better than being... Mm -hmm. Because the grass is always greener on the other side. Maybe they're thinking, oh, it'll be better if I'm just home and doing Mm -hmm. that. But I think people know that they can meet people online, so they're just shut off a little more. They're more guarded. Mm -hmm. I do think there could be a truth to that. But I also think that we're going to hit a reverse of that, where people are going to get tired of that after Mm -hmm. all these fails and wasted time Mm -hmm. swiping. That's going to be like, you know what? There's nothing like the real thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think it's really hard to meet somebody, especially like the older we get, to find somebody you have chemistry with. And this is just my own personal Melissa theory. But, um, you know, being in New York with so many people who've had lots of experiences and er- like everybody's unique, right? You know, mm-hmm. if you grew up in the same town, you went to the same church, your families know each other, like there's probably a lot more, you know, chances that you're going to have a lot of things in common, you know. But in New York, everybody like is coming from a different world almost, you know, and to find somebody that has just the right traits where that chemistry happens, Mm -hmm. I think it's challenging. You know, I definitely think you have to keep putting yourself out there keep putting yourself out there. You know, if that's something that you really want to find. It is. And I think spending less time online, just thinking of online dating as not online dating, but Mm -hmm. online introductions Mm -hmm. and then going out on the date. That's why like when I was dating, I tried OkCupid, and it was just, that's where you have to fill out all the forms, and it's just so much. It's just mm-hmm. such a waste of time. And then when Tinder came out, I was like, mm-hmm. great, this is perfect. Mm-hmm. Let's not even talk. Let's mm-hmm. just meet. You're mm-hmm. near me. You're within three miles. Let's get on mm-hmm. a train and go have a drink. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. done. Yeah. It's, I don't like all the online stuff, because you never know. I don't care if we all like all the same mm-hmm. music. You got to meet in person. Yeah. It's just chemistry. Yeah. How's that been for you? Uh, how was dating? Yeah, the, using Tinder to to meet people. So much better than OkCupid. Uh-huh. So much better. Just, I mean, there's so much. There's still wasted time, but mm-hmm. it's different wasted time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's much more. It mirrors real life much mm-hmm. more. Mm-hmm. You see a person out. I want to. You you might smile or give them a look. Mm-hmm. Same thing as swiping right. Mm-hmm. And then if they see you and they like you, they'll swipe right. Also, you just so, you're getting a quick. From pictures. I have it. a question because I've actually never been on Tinder. I've yeah. been, I've You've been, been married with throughout my this whole husband thing. with for eight years. I and mean, we've only been married for a year, but we've been together for eight years. So yeah. I yeah, so I totally missed the Tinder yeah. thing. I mean I hear people talk about it a lot, but I've been noticing like in the um the other the show about your Tinder date, like you, you say swipe right and I don't know what that oh, is that so, like a so in Tinder, faces come up, uh-huh. and if you're, you're not interested in them, you swipe left, and they disappear. Okay. If you're interested in them, you swipe right, Okay. and then they are doing the same thing on their end, and when your picture pops up, if they swipe right on you, oh. then ding, 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 it's oh, a match, okay, okay. and then you could start uh-huh. texting with each yeah. other. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, see, I, I, I 
understand what you're saying. It's but just like to, real life. To, I, I don't think it's like real life at all because I think a still photo, especially one that you choose, five still photos, does not tell hardly anything about a person. Mm-hmm. I feel it's, a bad picture tells a lot about a person when you know a candid picture or when they weren't smiling or where they weren't they were just naturally happy or mm-hmm. upset. That tells about a person. Yeah. But when you're choosing, this is the best pictures of me. Yeah. That's doesn't tell anything. Yeah. You can you can just pass by someone you just glance at them that tells yeah. you know in, in person seeing someone that, that tells who they are but it's not a replacement it's like oh here's five pictures and and a blurb of someone that's enough to know if you want to meet them in person yeah but i i guess i'm at the point where i'm exhausted of 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 You're chasing jaded. meetings i'm not i'm not jaded overall i'm still uh-huh. hopeful i'm jaded on internet dating mm-hmm. because i feel like i'm i'm tired of like you know, meeting someone and then, you know, like spending the time and the money often if you're going out to mm-hmm. dinner or drinks or something uh, to find out, uh, I don't, I don't have anything in common with this mm-hmm. person because what in common is what's inside you. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So preferably, you know, being at the comedy nights, being out with friends, mm-hmm. you know, and meeting friends of friends. Like, that's sort of the idea. Being at a party, meeting, right. you know, friend of a friend, that kind of thing is right. sort of the ideal. I think how we, so. The, the old school way. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I do think Matt's right there where people are much more, much more socially awkward. Mm-hmm. But I think that can be combated. I think if you just bring it to people's attention, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, like, even saying, if you, you could try this line, it's cheesy, but... Like, oh, if I saw you on Tinder, I would totally swipe right on you. Imagine we're meeting online or something like that. You just like kind of never say that to someone. (laughs) (laughs) Just like bring the truth of the thing because you're both feeling the pressure. If I just meet someone in person, I would never even bring into the 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 the, the exact thing that I don't like. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't bring it that way. I would. I would. No, not at all. But but I I do want to say, Melissa, you you were talking about social meetings, Mm -hmm. and if you're still doing this, this is a good way to plug it. I know for a while you were creating mm-hmm. social meetings mm-hmm. for people to meet are you still doing that I you know since I've really dove into just doing therapy and not doing coaching I'm not but I loved doing those things and mm-hmm. I and you know I really did You're, them because I was hoping to create opportunities for people to You were meet. playing a matchmaker kind of thing Well no I was just doing these well, my my website is myheartdances.com, and so yeah. I had these My Heart Dances networking events, and it was just a way to bring people together. And I, in my mind, I was like, well, hopefully, like there'll be a romantic meeting, right? You know, but I also thought, like, I know so many great people, yeah, that you know, and so many people that want to meet other people, whether it be professionally or romantically or whatever. Just like let's have fun in a room together, and I have you know. this. I have this friend. She doesn't like to hook up her friends. Like mm-hmm. when I was single, I was like, "You know, so many cool women. Can you just hook me up?" And she she said, "No, no, no. Because then if you start dating and it doesn't work out, I lose friends and it's Aww. all awkward in my social situations." Aww. And I really kind of uh, hated that. Yeah, I think it should. You know, it should just be that we. Well, hopefully we treat everyone respectfully, but if it's a friend of a friend that we go even the extra mile to to just be very respectful and honest with that person, even right? If to it not lead work. them on. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's fine. Yeah, I like that you're doing. I saw you're doing these uh, group therapy sessions mm-hmm, now. Mm-hmm. But I think like even bringing like-minded people together, mm-hmm. it's still chemistry. Mm-hmm. You know, you might. They could all, but I guess if you're all friends, if you have mutual friends, then mm-hmm. maybe you are more mutual. 
maybe. But hey, yeah. Tinder tells you if you have mutual friends too. <laughs> <laughs> but Matt's not on Tinder. Have you ever done? Have you ever? I've I've been on sites similar to it, okay. but but no, uh, I haven't. Okay. I, I also don't like the way some certain sites like Tinder are connected to your social media. I so feel your like, Facebook, you mean? Yeah, yeah. I really like have this fantasy that in that New York will come up with this thing where like you can wear a bracelet like if you're single and looking uh-huh. you know like and so like everybody you know if you're married you have a different bracelet if like you're the like Jews in the Holocaust you know, have to wear a- <laughs> yeah like you just like walk around and, like you look for people's bracelets that match what you're looking for like, I think that'd be in, awesome. I think in theory <laughs> I think in theory that's great but I think that'll also invite too many unwelcomed conversations I, I agree with you yeah. I do agree with you but there's also but kind it's of, my fantasy yeah. so I can yeah. you know <laughs> there is actually kind of an app for that oh, oh, oh I'm not surprised <laughs> yeah I mean if you're single and you you want to be talked to uh-huh. you could be on the app and then it'll beep 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 someone's right, in your right if somebody's nearby yeah there's yeah. there yeah it's it's really it's I do, do you kind of I mean you're in a you're in a happy relationship or so I'll assume mm-hmm. but do you kind of I miss I would say it's happy yes <laughs> do you kind of miss the having to uh, having the experience of these dating, of dating apps? Oh, well, I don't know that I missed the experience of having the dating apps. I think, you know, dating was fun. It was it was fun to meet new people and to always, you know, kind of wonder what was going to happen. But it was also like, you know, you can remember the fun times, but it was also like, you know, ha- I mean, it's hard. And like, there's so many times that you do go out on a date and it doesn't work out. And, it, and you know, I feel like it took, I was feeling like it was taking me forever to find my husband, you know? Yeah. Um, but then again, it only takes one person, mm-hmm. just one person. Yeah. Yeah. So, so dating was fun. Like there's a certain aspect of like, you know, that part of my life is mm-hmm. like gone. But then I, I'm like, but like I have such a great thing. Like, yeah. You know, it's just like it's a different. I think one of the things, too, that I've learned from being married. I, I love my husband. To, I really do. Like, I really feel very lucky. And I really feel like I found someone that I was really looking for, you know. Do it's, you, do it, and it's, that's it's great. And it's and I and I say that. And also say it, it. It's not always been easy for you know. We've we've really duped it out, not physically, yeah. but you know, <laughs> you know, around some issues, and and they're not all solved. You know what I mean? Um, I forget where I was going with this. <laughs> well, it's good because that's something that a lot of people have trouble with is mm-hmm. maintaining the passion and the juice in a long relationship. Mm-hmm. What would you? What do you? I mean, every couple's different, but have you seen a uh, ongoing pattern? With people in long relationships, and a failure, an ongoing failure, mm, a common failure. I would say that it's it's just not sticking in there and in working out the issues or or selecting partners who are unwilling to do so. What about like someone with a wandering eye or like, all right, this this happened to me uh, two nights ago. Mm-hmm. This oh, I'm in a relationship and this like really hot girl was really like kind of coming on to me Uh but her boyfriend was in the bar Uh right there and i was like he was giving me the stink eye and i was getting very turned on Uh and then i was like oh what do i do with all this and i went back to my girlfriend and i told her about Uh this gorgeous french girl that was coming on to me and Uh 
what had happened and just talking about it kind of helped alleviate yeah. the stuff in my head yeah and i was like all right i'm gonna try this communication thing and, and how so, was it how was that and how was it for her to hear you share that with her i can't speak for her because i couldn't tell but i felt better uh-huh. And I felt honest because it was in my mind. Mm-hmm. So you, I felt like I emptied it out. You were it, feeling some guilt about... No, I wasn't feeling guilt because I okay. didn't do anything wrong. I was feeling uh, sexual frustration. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. feeling like. What was her response? Um, no response, really. She was just like, okay, can I go make my French fries? Yeah. <laughs> oh, speaking of French, I'm going to have French fries. Thanks I mean, maybe I didn't... Maybe I didn't uh, express it at the best time. I don't know, but I don't know if I got such a response. Mm-hmm. I mean, she heard me, but I yeah. don't know. I, I mean, it seems like, I mean, I don't, I, I mean, it doesn't, it's, it's hard to tell what her reaction was. It sounds like you're saying you, you, you don't really know, but it sounds like it was really healthy for you. Like you felt like it was a really healthy experience to be able to share it with that with her and kind of let out like, this is what just this is this experience that I just had and you know and I'm bringing it to you and yeah. my partner and yeah I mean what do you do because I mean this happens I mean I think most people in relationships wouldn't wouldn't even mention it mm-hmm. and then it's like it's almost like I had this thing on my mind and it was I didn't do anything wrong yeah. and it wasn't a secret mm-hmm. but it kind of felt like I was telling a secret yeah I was hoping it would bring us closer together yeah how long ha- can I ask how long you guys have been together it's been on and off there's uh-huh. been like it's a hard thing to answer, but it's been like many years off and yeah. many years on. Mm-hmm. But I've known her for probably like 17 years now. Okay. Yeah. Have you thought about asking her what the experience was like? And and if that's something that... I think I will. Uh-huh. I think I will. Maybe I'll bring that back up. Because that's one thing I've found in a relationship is kind of pushing the boundaries a little bit. Mm-hmm. Kind of helps keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Just like communicating like... It's about to end. Mm-hmm. Like like nothing matters. Mm-hmm. You know how a lot of relationships, when someone cheats, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden the relationship becomes stronger than mm-hmm. ever because they were all they're looking into the mm-hmm. the end. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, okay, well I felt this, well I felt this, well uh-huh. I felt that. So everything just comes out. Everything and, comes yeah. out. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to approach it this round like that. Mm-hmm. Where if something's on my mind, I'm just gonna say it. Yeah. And uh, hopefully in a loving way. Yeah. And hopefully in a productive way so you guys have known each other for 17 years and did it start out as a dating yeah it started out as a relationship uh-huh. what yeah. do you think keeps drawing you back to her um i don't know it's just like i still have a physical physical attraction and uh we're very similar in many ways mm-hmm. and very different in many ways mm-hmm. i think we're similar in the good ways and we're different in the good ways mm-hmm. where like she pushes me and i pull her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, and to me, f- f- from my standpoint, it, it does seem like you guys are best friends. Yeah, and and that's that's what I see when you when you guys are together. You're just so comfortable with each other yeah. and know each other so well. Yeah, that, yeah. I don't have to hide anything. Mm-hmm. You know, like I really just can be completely myself. And do, does it usually are the breakups usually for the same reason? The breakups have happened because we didn't do it right. I mean, uh, we last time we broke up was because we we're living upstate, mm-hmm. and we we're both working out of the house, and we weren't in 
engaging in a social life very much. Mm-hmm. So it was like we're together 24-7. Mm-hmm. We're playing in each other's bands. Mm-hmm. It was like we're just too doing much. It too much. Mm-hmm. We're doing everything you could possibly do mm-hmm. to squash a relationship. Mm-hmm. So you didn't, it was like, you know, did you feel like you forgot who you were as individuals? Um, not so much for me, but I think I wasn't, I think we forgot that we weren't getting our, that we can't expect to have the other person meet all of your needs. Uh Uh-huh. That you need friendships. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Maybe you need friendships of the opposite sex, Mm -hmm. too. You need all kinds of things. Yeah. You need time away. Yeah. You know, one thing that relationships often go through is sort of an adolescence, and adolescence a lot is a lot about individuation. It's about becoming an individual and separating from your parents, right? Like it's about developing your your own identity and relationships often go through that too. It's like you have this intense bonding at the beginning and then as, you know, the relationship becomes more permanent and and long-term, it's like you you start to like have to figure out like who am I as an individual in this relationship and this is me and that's not me. You know, right. what you're doing is not me and how do we, how do you how do we define that and compromise and you know, and in like feeling, when people say they're losing, they lose themselves mm-hmm. in a relationship. Sure. Yeah, I mean, and so a lot of turmoil happens during this adolescence, and people often don't survive it. You know, because it just feels like I'm just with the mm-hmm. wrong person, but really, it's just duking out this individuation right. piece stage. That's a great you know? point. Yeah, yeah, I like that. The adolescent phase of a relationship. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And so now, like, if you're going through it, you'll you'll be like, oh, we're just in adolescence. <laughs> we just got to, like, stick in there. Right. So, like, <laughs> even as an individual adolescent where yeah. you're trying to find your identity. Yeah. And a, and a lot of that deals with, or, or a lot of the, the way through that really is having to be brave enough to communicate and having to be brave enough to say, you know, we got to have our time and I got to have my guy time or my girl time or, or my music time or whatever. And I got it. And I got to create space for that, even though like what's been typical for a long time is that we do everything together, you know, or even though, even though you don't like it that I spend my Friday nights doing my music, I need to do that to maintain my sense of self and and to be able to sometimes do things that and let your partner not be so happy with it yeah that's that's you know that that's what i'm trying to do in in this phase of our relationship but not only in my relationship but in life in general so just Mm -hmm. be more brave Mm -hmm. and speak you know get my needs met yeah find out what they are first because that's the hard thing yeah is finding out what they are yeah yeah, but that's a good, that's adolescence relationships. And um, that is, the, I would say that that would be our, in my relationship is communication. Mm-hmm. I feel like communication has been the hardest thing. Mm-hmm. Totally open, honest communication. Mm-hmm. For you both, or does she struggle with that also? Just, yeah, I think yeah. so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And have you had enough conversations for her to say, yes, I think that's, I agree that that's the problem and it's something I need to work on as well. I couldn't say she's gotten there yet Mm -hmm. with that. Yeah. Is she going to listen to this program? Probably. (laughs) That's all right. I didn't say anything that I wouldn't say to her. So, but, but yeah, maybe this would be a great, um, platform for that discussion. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think there's a thing more so with women of wanting to please, 
a situation, mm-hmm. not wanting to rock the boat or cause any conflict. Mm-hmm. I, I I really agree with you. I think that that's that's a big piece of that a lot of the single women that are coming to me are you know they're struggling with, and a lot of times they don't they don't see it as that yet. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're just seeing them. They're they're saying I'm just getting rejected all the time, and I don't know why. Why do I keep you know going on these dates or, or, or and really liking these people who end up leaving and like they're not re- even realizing what they're doing yet and so part of the therapy is helping to raise the consciousness around that yeah um, and even honesty and friendships mm-hmm. like I feel like I'm pretty honest with my friends and I agree I, yes you know I as you can see yes <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I, you know, I, I think I admire that so much in guys, you know, I'm not, I'm not a guy obviously. Um, but when I look at men and their ability to, to, to be together and, and argue about this, disagree about that. And then the next moment, everything's fine and you're on to something else, you know, and just, I think for women, yeah, there's a lot more of like trying to. Skirt around issues. Mm -hmm. I've noticed that, yeah. My friendships are very different than her friendships. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. They're very different. Like if you were looking through a window and you saw hers and yours, you would be able to notice different characteristics. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. The way I talk to my friends is very different than the way she talks to her Mm -hmm. friends. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We've talked about a lot. Yes. We have. Have we missed anything? You know, um, we started talking about therapy earlier and in my my experiences in therapy and how I got to this point. Yes. And you had asked me, I said, you know, I went to this therapist. I was going through this transition, right, like in my life where I was questioning everything, questioning my work, questioning my faith. Questioning your purpose. Questioning my purpose. Who am I? You know, Uh um, really, and... Um, found this great therapist and the therapist I had gone to previously was at my church at church and I went only two times and part of the reason I stopped going was because at the time I still thought I had herpes I had not yet found out that I didn't have it mm-hmm. and so I told her it was my you know first time telling a therapist I'm like I have an STD and I, you know that was something that I was really struggling with in terms of my own self-image and she said this was before the good therapist she goes, what's an STD? No, really? <laughs> I made a therapist shrug once. I made a therapist go, Phew. I don't know. I might have to recommend you to somebody else. <laughs> he totally bailed. He was like, I think I can't. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Too many issues for that guy. Wow. I'm so surprised because in listening to your podcast and just listening to you here, like I, I would think that you'd be a very interesting client to work with you know somebody that's you know really wants to like dig and untie knots and look at themselves you know i would think that you do you take my insurance (laughs) 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 um unfortunately i don't take health insurance Mm. but um so anyway um i i think i'd like to share a little bit about um how i ended up finding out that i i don't have herpes i i was dating somebody and it was the first person, first guy that I told, and he, um, I still thought I had it at this time. Which takes a lot of bravery to tell. Yeah, this. in mm. fact, I wasn't even sure what was going on between us. We were kind of just hanging out. I liked him. We were talking, and, and it just sort of came out naturally. Like I told him the story of how it happened. I made cake. I have herpes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and he was like, 
you know, this is making me too happy to not be with you because of something like that. Um, and so that was like such a, a healing response. Although at this point, I had become very comfortable with with it because I had been telling a lot of people in my life. So you didn't tell him right away. I told him fairly early on because we were still, we were just still kind of like, I didn't know. No, you want to get him hooked first before you. <laughs> I, I do think it is important to like, you know, if, if you're going to share news like that, you know, let somebody see who you are, right? So that they're not just seeing, oh my God, it's herpes. Yeah, and, exactly. You know, because it, I think that um, because of the stigma that, and people have a lot of lack of knowledge about it, that can happen. Yeah. I dated a girl that was a lot younger than me, and uh-huh. she asked me how old I was, like on the first or second date. Uh-huh. And I was like, "Can I just not tell you? Uh-huh. Is it okay if I just not tell you? Can I just tell you later?" Uh-huh. And she's like, "That's weird." I'm like, "Just get to know me for." She, you wanted her to experience you, yeah. And, and sure enough, we kept dating, and we dated mm-hmm. for several months. And then I asked her at some point yeah. if I would have told you how much older I am than you on yeah. that first or second date, would you have kept going? Yeah. She goes, "Nope." Mm-hmm. So, like, yes. so you made the right decision. <laughs> totally made the right. Got to get them hooked first yeah. before you tell them you have herpes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I, um, so at the time, I found out that there were these new tests out that told you if you had type one or type two. And type one is typically oral, but it's not always. You can have type one genitally. You, if you have type one oral and you're with somebody who does not have type one, you can pass it to them genitally mm-hmm. through oral sex. So I was just like, do I have type one or type two? I've never had, you know, I never had one of these new blood tests. Let me go find out. That's how I found out I was negative. Um, uh-huh. So, um, does this happen I, a lot with people? Actually, I've had more than a handful of people over the years that I've worked with who ultimately ended up finding out they were negative yeah. um, from a misdiagnosis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, unfortunately. A lot of doctors don't seem to be keeping up to date with the new information, so they're either not testing, or they're giving out, they're doing old tests, or they're just doing visual diagnoses. What a relief that must have been for you, huh? You know, it it was nice to hear, but you know, it'd been eight years, so I was that you thought you had it, yeah, okay. eight years. So I, you know, in a way, my psychology around it was it was like the damage was already done. Well, I had come to this. I had really been working on rebuilding my self esteem, right? And I kind of was at this place where, like, it's going to be the way that I know somebody really likes me. You know, like right. in my mind, that's like the story. You know, and so my reaction actually—you could still do that. You could say, "Oh, people can still do that." Right. Oh, by the way, I've herpes. Right. See if yeah. they stick yeah, around. See if they stick around. Um, then yeah. if they do, they get the reward. I'm like, don't have herpes. <laughs> so I. I when I heard that on the phone, part of me was like, "Well, how am I going to know if somebody really likes me now?" You know, right? Um, but yeah, I mean, certainly it was like nice to get that news. But you know, I had taken Valtrex, I had been to the herpes support groups. You know, I had done all this stuff, and so I at the time was in um, in school for health coaching, mm-hmm. um, and I decided I wanted to work with women who had this to help them, you know, regain their self-esteem, figure out how to tell a partner, be educated to, um, you know, there's just, I wanted to make that process much more efficient for people Mm -hmm. than it was for me, you Mm -hmm. know? Right. Um, There's so many people that come to me and their doctors don't give them any resources or they tell them the wrong things. And there's a lot of bad information online. I usually tell people, like, stop Googling right now. Oh, yeah, because it's always the worst scenario. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So so it's been a real passion of mine. And that's how I got into working with sexual health. Mm -hmm. Um, And I ended up 
um, right out of school, got a job with the Bureau of STD, the Department of Health, and I was I spent eighteen months working in the. Um, Is that a wing of the FBI? <laughs> <laughs> It's the STD, New York City Public STD Clinic. Okay. Yeah. So I worked in the South Bronx and in Central Harlem, and it was awesome. I just, um, we had a program there. We did up to 12 sessions with people, and it was, sometimes I was working with people who were just diagnosed with HIV to people that were just like there for their annual checkup, and they were, you know, decided to do counseling because they were a little down or they had anxiety. Or So you're really helping them rebuild their confidence mm-hmm. and feel okay about themselves. Yeah. Self-acceptance. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is something that never goes mm-hmm. away. Yeah, I think most people really need, you know, need support around that. Yeah. At some point, you just have to uh, accept your flaws once you know them. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really huge. Um, being able to accept the parts of you that are quirky or awkward, you know, because if you don't, lo- if you can't love you, like, how can you, like, how is that somebody else gonna, right? Yeah, love you, you know. You know, I think one of the things that I when I was out in the dating world. Um, that I, I really worked on getting con- like okay with was like a little bit of awkwardness when I really liked somebody, right? You know, and just being like, you know what, like sometimes awkwardness is charming, especially and if you say I'm I'm kind of awkward. Once you say I'm kind of awkward, all the awkwardness goes away, <laughs> right? Right. And yeah. I think most people, I'd much prefer to be on a date with someone who's awkward than guarded. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's, guarded is a total turnoff. Mm-hmm. Like awkward. Yeah. It's it's endearing. It's really yeah, cute. Yeah. 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 So embrace your awkwardness, yeah. everybody. Mm-hmm. Often when there's an awkward situation, if you just address the truth of the moment and be like, this is awkward, huh? Yeah. And then it's not awkward. I totally. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Um, so how did, I'm, I'm curious what, this podcast is fairly new. Right. It is. This, uh, there's five episodes so far. And what, how, did you guys decide to do this together or was this your baby and this you was, kind of came Yeah, on this board? was Gary's idea. He asked me to join him and be uh-huh. part of it. I wasn't even sure of the answer. <laughs> I, think, I think that's what happened, right? Yeah, this is a, and what was yeah. the motivator to do this? Um, I, kind of tapping into what Matt said, I don't know, I just like talking to people. Yeah. And when do you get to really sit down and have an in-depth conversation mm-hmm. with people for this long? Mm-hmm. It rarely happens. Yeah. And it's just so nice to do this every week. Just... You know, I really, um, I, I like listening to podcasts. I, um, I listen to a number of them regularly. And um, I didn't know what this was about. And when Matt emailed me and it was like, I knew it was a comedy thing. I was like a little bit, well, I thought it was, it's not really, you know, Yeah, I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> I, I was nervous about it, you know, yeah, that really so. Uh, yeah. Um, but when I listened, you know, I really enjoyed it. And I, and I, and you, you do, you seem to have a little bit of a theme of, you know, diving into the mind and psychology and understanding people and all of that. And I, and I think, I mean, I hope that more people, you know, will sign up and listen and, and discover, um, that about this, because I think people who are into that will really enjoy these kinds of conversations. Thanks. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm hoping that it's, you know, I'm not really doing it. I'm doing it for me, but I'm also really doing it for the listeners. Mm-hmm. You know, I hope people get something out of it. Mm-hmm. That's and nice. I think with you uh, here today, they definitely will. 
good. I hope you got something out of it. You know, I really, I really enjoyed this. <laughs> um, I, you know, the last several years of my life have been insane because when I decided to go for my master's degree, I was also supporting myself and doing a research assistantship. Mm-hmm. So it was like, I, I never stopped and I never, and my social life completely died. And then I, I got a job much more quickly out of school than I expected. And so I went right into that. And then I got um, work with this private practice that I'm working in. Your own private practice. It's, it's my supervisor's private practice. So I'm, I work for him until I get my independent license. And then, and then it, all of my clients will then become my, my clients instead of the practice clients. If his, nice. you know what I'm saying? So, um, so I was doing the two, I was working at the department of health by day. I was going down to Midtown at night to work at the private practice. And I finally, I left the department of health job, which was very hard because I, I loved my clients there, but I finally have time to do stuff like this and just socialize. And, and that's what it felt like today. It was like just sitting around having some really good conversation with people. And so I'm so glad that you invited me and Great. yeah. And it's, you know, like get a Manhattan night out of Manhattan. That's always good. <laughs> yes. Well, welcome to Queens. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for doing it. You're welcome. You're welcome. If I think of anything that we missed, we can do it again. Yeah. Bring okay. Back. Sounds yeah. good. Awesome. Thank you, Melissa. <laughs> Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.